0: This is the inaugural episode of Blood, Sweat, and Teal, presented by Fear the Finn. My name is C.
1: Well, my name's Kyle.
0: (laughs) Off to a great start already. Um, So... We'll do a little introduction here, Um, I am the managing editor of Fear the Fin, if you haven't paid too much attention to the site, I just took over um, at the end of the summer. That's exciting. Um, Yeah, I'm a Sharks fan from Michigan, which is always (laughs) a topic of discussion. Um, And yeah, Kyle.
1: So I'm Kyle, I wrote um, on the site last year under the name Kyle Demetrius, uh, you probably recognize me, I think I'm one of the only few holdovers, uh, so if you're around last year, you'll you'll see my name, and I, I've written a, a piece this year, and I'm uh, easing back into it because uh, it's Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend, and uh, it's been busy, but I'm from Toronto, I'm Canadian. Um, so I'm even more of an obscure unicorn than, than C is as a Michigan Sharks fan. I'm the Canadian Toronto Sharks fan. Uh, living in Maple Leafs Mecca is not exactly the most ideal place to be a non-Maple Leafs fan, but uh, what can you do? And for the record, my name for this podcast was the Evgeny Napodkov, but that's a mouthful, and <laughs> we went with something much better.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm from Michigan, we talk kind of fast, I would mess that up every
1: single time. It's okay, it's, it's, I just wanted to shout out of Jenny Nobakov, the forgotten hero of the early 2000s.
0: (laughs) Is he really forgotten, though?
1: (laughs) Ah, he's there.
0: Um, okay, so let's talk about, like, how, since we're both, like, we're both in the Eastern time zone, which sucks for Sharks Mm -hmm. games.
1: Yes, Uh, they end, they end at 1am here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh... What, the Nashville game that went into triple overtime, like, I just wanted to sleep <laughs> so bad. Um, but, yeah, um, let's talk about, like, how we became Sharks fans. Like, how did you choose the Sharks when you are in the middle of
1: Maple so, Leafs territory? yeah, e- exactly. So, I'm a little bit older than you, I think. So, um, I was you? around... I'm 28. So, okay, yeah. I'm... At that age where I was a small child in kindergarten when the Sharks kind of got created, but being Canadian, my dad uh, is a diehard Habs fan. So I was a Habs fan for the first like three, four years of my life until San Jose got invented. Um, and my aunt got me a t shirt. Uh, with a little shark on it and it was teal and being three or four how overall I was I thought that was the coolest thing in the world and I was forever gone and I'm pretty sure I broke my dad's heart and he's still sad to this day uh, that, I, that I chose uh, some random team some new team instead of the the, the, the pride and the history of Lake Gloria uh, in, in Montreal but uh, that's how I kind of got into it and I I've, I've watched hockey my, basically my entire life and played hockey growing up and uh, yeah and I've now suffered uh for 25 26 years now uh, and before computers i had to write down all their stats from sports center uh in the morning and try to keep track that way and check the newspapers oh and stuff it was quite the adventure for small 10 year old kyle to try to keep up with the sharks but i managed to make it through and here <laughs> i am now uh staying up to 1:30 in the morning streaming games
0: yeah that's awesome. Um, it is really interesting that you bring that up because I, I'm only actually a little bit younger than you. Um, I'm as old as the Sharks there. They started, um, when I was six months old. So I'm 26. Um, and you know, even in Michigan, which is like straight up Red Wings territory, Michigan sports, sports culture is just so strange, um, and very intense. Um mm-hmm. uh, but even in Michigan in the 90s, I remember seeing shark stuff everywhere. It was, like, cool to be a Sharks fan. It was it's, cool to, yeah. like, it was like a fashion thing, you know? So even little tiny me with no real understanding of hockey, um, I, I still was aware of the Sharks when I was growing up. Um, but I yeah. actually grew up oh go ahead
1: (laughs) no i was just gonna say i remember i remember when the sharks kind of came into vogue too and everybody was wearing because teal the 90s were wild and teal was this cool thing and uh it was it was it was popular here too um and so it was just this new edgy edgy was the word that they used and i don't understand (laughs) how teal or a shark eating a stick is edgy but here we are
0: yeah, it was like the teal and then the the orange too, and it was bright. And they did like the, you know the the crazy lettering and stuff. Like that picture of um, Logan Couture when he was like teeny tiny and he's wearing that crazy shark sweater. Like, yeah, that's it was so cool to have stuff like that. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Um, so yeah, uh, but I actually really didn't pay attention to the NHL um, until a few years ago. Um, I grew up with ECHL hockey. I live right by the, um, Kalamazoo wings and they do like open skates and stuff after the games. And so that's what I grew up with. And it was, you know, it's very small and it's very fan driven. Um, it's, you know, like they, they do kind of a lot of gimmicky stuff, you know? Um, so it's all about the, the environment of the game versus necessarily what's going on because ECHL hockey is not,
1: it is. the, our, 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 isn't the Isn't the only thing everybody knows about the ECHL is that the Wheeling Nailers played the, are in the ECHL?
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, that's about the and, only thing. Yeah, and I hate those guys. Uh, every time they play Kalamazoo, like, they just ruin my night. But, um, so yeah, like, that's what I grew up in. I ended up going to a hockey college, um, and that After I left college, I I started paying attention to the NHL. So for me, what made me a Sharks fan just happened by chance. Um, They were playing the Wings one night, and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll watch a Wings game since they're local to me. Maybe I Mm -hmm. should give this team a chance. (laughs) And they were playing the Sharks. I ended up with a Sharks feed, and so I got to see the Shark head get lowered onto the ice. (laughs) and, And all the fog and everything, and the players skated out, and I was like oh my god it was everything I loved about ECHL hockey it was like just this environment this kind of like like uh, fan community kind of thing and um so yeah they skated out they I can't remember if they won or not but um I know that they played they played fast hockey then what year
1: what year was this?
0: Uh, this was two years ago, I think,
1: or three years ago. Oh, so you've come of age recently in the yes, the yes. aging, the aging grizzled vets. Yes, we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't, we we're making a youth movement, but not really.
0: time yes. period. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah, but
1: don't it wasn't let let them always fool this you. good. It, it wasn't yeah, always no. this good.
0: I, I'm aware. I dove in. I don't like. I don't half-ass anything. I whole-ass everything I do. So, I after that game, I was on YouTube for. Hours, um, and I was already kind of aware of the sharks um, at the time. I had really been watching the stars really heavily, and Jason Demers was like my favorite player. Um, he still probably is my favorite player in the National. That's Hockey unfortunate. League. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first game I ever went to at SAP Center, I wore his jersey, and I was just like, "I love living in denial." Um, but yeah. Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, we clearly lost the Brendan Dillon trade, but that's for oh. another time.
0: For sure. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, kind of caught up on his time with the Sharks, and then I, I dove into all of the Sharks history, and I was like, okay, I'm setting myself up for disappointment here. Let's do this. <laughs> and then of yeah. course they went on, and they had a really good season, you know, made it to the Stanley Cup Final and all that stuff.
1: And, it's, yeah, it's just <laughs> been like, I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna cop to the fact that I don't remember when I was five. Uh, yeah. That, like, I don't remember Garpalov and... Uh, those guys, just the Igor Larionov is very fuzzy, but like I don't remember those guys, but I do have those late 90s, I have those Owen Nolan teams I have the pre-Joe Thornton era where it was sad, and then I have every single year being in the playoffs and losing in the first or second round, sometimes (laughs) in the third round to shitty teams like Calgary but uh, (laughs) I I have those scars on my heart, so um, I I might be much more sad when talking about the future of the Sharks than you you may be
0: (laughs) That is a perfect segue, though the losing to Calgary thing, because uh, that happened in the last year that we lost the first two games of the season, two thousand five to oh
1: six. Yeah. Not,
0: <laughs> not a stellar year for the Sharks, and who knows what we're heading towards. Um, I just so. Oh god. Yeah, like
1: to go back twelve years is obviously a good run, but. This is not a promising start.
0: Right. Well, what that team really had going for it, too, was Jonathan Chichu. And do do we think that there are young guys who can be the Jonathan Chichu? I mean, in the article I posted earlier today, I kind of hinted that maybe LeBanc, you know, being his second year and getting more time on Joe Thornton's line, that could put him in a similar position as Chichu. But
1: yeah, the, the, key, the realistically,
0: key is. Uh. realistically
1: no probably not but at the same time was it realistic that Jonathan Chichu was going to go out there and score 56 no the 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 thing the key thing is that Joe Thornton has to be there dishing assists to that person because Jonathan Chichu didn't wasn't out here dangling everybody he wasn't Alex Ovechkin he he lived off of the Joe Thornton setup and the big thing for a a 2017 Chi-Chi would have to be he lives on Joe Thornton's wing and Joe Thornton's knee is going to have to hold up and he's going to have to play at a level at least similar to what he's been doing in his aging years. So does all that happen? I don't know. It's hard to say. Does somebody score 56 again? I can probably say not.
0: Yeah, I'm not not seeing that with this year's group. I know we got a lot of young guys, but I'm just not sure that that's realistic for any of them. Um
1: Uh, ironically I think the best person to do it might be Thomas Hurdle, but he can't go back on that wing.
0: Yeah. And that's that you said that they had put him on the wing in uh morning skate today, right?
1: Yeah, so today, uh as of what is this, Monday, Thanksgiving Monday in Canada, uh, um, they (laughs) had switched around some of their lines and they had draw they put Hurdle onto the Couture Bodker wing, um, and then moved Donskway down and then Joel Ward and Goodrell were wearing orange shirts uh, and weren't on the line, and Carpenter was lining up as the fourth-line center.
0: I like the idea that they might bring Carpenter in. I'm not yeah, sure so who do
1: the,
0: I. I. I'm not sure who's going to get scratched in that scenario.
1: I mean, I, I, mean, I obviously hope it's it something like Ward. Yeah. No, no offense to Barclay, who has got a great name, but uh, <laughs> I think he's the least NHL valuable. I think he can play in the NHL, but I don't think for what... See, see, I was going to say, I don't think for what the Sharks want to do, he's going to fit, but then again, at the same time, Joel Ward is getting kind of slow, and yeah. they are playing him, and in the defense, they've um, created this slow monster. Uh, I did
0: like how he looked, actually, when they in the first game, um, when they switched Ward and Hansen and they had Hansen on the fourth line, and they bumped Ward up to the third. I actually really liked him on that line, then with Timo and Hurdle. I think. That? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. See, the thing the thing is that Timo and Hurdle are going to fly around and do their thing, and Ward can use his veteran presence and his 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 he knows where to go on the ice uh, right. in anticipation, and he he can work with those guys. I think if you're putting him on a line with a good row and somebody else who's going to be more dig and stuff, you're kind of losing his value because he's not going to be speedy uh, right. flying around down there. But at the same time. I don't think you can put Ward with Couture and Bodker either because I think they're just going to leave him in the dust and that kind of diminishes what they do. So I think they're kind of in a a weird spot because I think Joel Ward still brings value. But at the same time, they need to figure out the perfect slot for him.
0: Right, and it's hard because you also, in that situation, you have Yannick Hansen, who is exactly the same, in my opinion. He's slow and he, he doesn't... I don't know, he's... He doesn't play as responsibly, I think, as Ward does, necessarily. Um, I don't think he's the playmaker that Joel Ward is. And so you've got these two guys who really, like, shouldn't be, you know, out of your bottom six, but you also have all these young guys that need to be in your bottom six. (laughs) Like, they have to get the ice time, you know?
1: Yeah. I don't know. See, I'm 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 a big Yannick Hansen guy. I think he... He can he can bounce back from what he I just don't think he fit in last year, and I really liked him on the Thornton line. But if Lebanc's just gonna tear it up and score every game, that that's that's where he needs to be. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't they have some they have some odd pieces that they need to figure out. And I believe DeBoer today said that one through twelve they don't have a unit that's playing. Yeah. So that that's classic line blender coming up, <laughs> he's, he's going to do what he needs to do, Yeah, um, I I guess. I guess. Um,
0: I and really I, just don't, d- I just
1: don't know. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I, you know, I liked Hanson when we acquired him. I thought that that was a good trade. But I, I don't know. I really, in the last game, I did not like him on Couture's line, and I, I like him with Bodker. I do. I think that they work together pretty well. It's just finding who can center that line with those two because they need someone who... Is really going to elevate the play, um, I think. That's if, Hurdle.
1: That's Hurdle or Couture.
0: I, see, I, you know, but it just didn't come together with Couture, and they tried it with Hurdle in the the first game, and that didn't really work either. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, and where we gotta we gotta remember guys? that it's two games in, right?
0: Right. right.
1: So as much as I want to sit here and say that the world is falling, which I believe it is, <laughs> uh, I don't know if we should pan. Like, th- we can hit the panic button, but the super panic button I think we should maybe just lay off on for a second and see if they right. can figure something out. But that game against L.A. was just garbage. That was Absolutely. that was not a team that looked interested in winning games. And, I mean, L.A. isn't no. exactly setting the world on fire. They're they're not a great team. Um, so. No,
0: and the Sharks looked slow was the, the big issue that a lot of people have pointed out, is that the Sharks look slow against L.A., who is... Yeah. So slow.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, like that, is,
0: that is not a team you want to look slow against. So no, and
1: uh, it's just it's one of these things, and it comes back to they took a lot of penalties. Their power play is a disaster once oh, again absolutely. this year. It comes down to coaching scheme strategies. I I just I'm just wondering if Pierre. To, Pierre, sorry, he's not French. <laughs> Pete DeBoer. If Pete DeBoer has already worn out his welcome, because he's done that before, he did it in New Jersey. He is a guy that comes in, has instant success, and then wears out his welcome. And I'm just wondering if the Sharks should have made a change. I understand not making a change uh, the year after going to the Cup Finals, but maybe this past off season, I, I just think this is this is it for Pete DeBoer. If he can't get this together, because that coming out sloppy and flat, that that that's coaching. There's some. There's some player responsibility, but if your power play is going oh for whatever and looks like an absolute disaster and this it's the same Brent Burns takes a point shot every time that right. something's gotta something's gotta give.
0: Right. And like especially if you look at two years ago, what really hurt us in the Stanley Cup final was that we looked slow against Pittsburgh. Exactly. Uh, and how can you look at that two years ago and acknowledge that? Because they all did. Everyone acknowledged that like this is a team that's looking slow and then in the, the next season make acquisitions in an attempt to increase your speed. That's why we got David Schlemko. You get Mikel Bodker, who the reason we got him is because he was fast and that was exactly what we needed. And then something is going on with the coaching where that's not being utilized. Bodker has struggled and I think that's because of how he's getting utilized in the Shark system. And this, this, the, 2 years now removed from that that Stanley Cup final we still look slow. we look slower than we did you know and i'm not sure what's happening there what's going wrong
1: yeah yeah and i'm i'm a, even more of a handsome guy more of a Bodker guy i think Bodker's pumping in 20 this year i think he got a raw deal he got sat down a couple times when it seemed like he shouldn't be when the rest of the team was playing equally as bad but he Pete DeBoer has his hierarchy, right? Right. Um, He has his Joe Thornton's and formerly Patrick Marlowe's RIP, where those guys are never coming out of the lineup. Those guys are going to be held responsible, in air quotes, but those guys are never coming to the lineup. Those guys aren't going to be the ones. Pete DeBoer is going to cycle through bottom line guys and see what hits the wall, right? Yeah. So I think Bodker got trapped in that kind of meat grinder, and it rattled him. I think Bodker is going to be much better Especially if vodka can find a home with uh, couture, that would be excellent. Um,
0: but I, feel I like would like to see that, that happen a lot last year. The vodka and couture, we kind of went through that experiment already and wasn't so great. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, then, what was the really good the EU line? Was that no the 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 uh, the, the best line was the Marlowe Couture vodka line.
0: Yes, that line was yeah awesome. that worked out pretty well but how much of that was Marlo's influence you know like we don't necess- I don't know he's
1: dead he, he's dead to me so <laughs> he's Fair. gone Fair. Um, uh, i don't i don't know how much that is Marlo's influence but i also the eu line of hurdle hansen and bodker i believe it was they worked out pretty well i think bodker needs to find i think bodker needs to be put in a spot and say this is your spot here's 10 games go nuts Yeah. Give us something, right? Because I think Bodker's better than what he's been given to, um, and I don't know... He did score on the weekend, but, I mean, whoop de doo
0: But I think Uh, the solution with Bodker is actually limited use, and I hate to say that, because I don't think that that's necessarily productive for all players, but I think in this specific situation that, like, he... I mean, he was brought on, A, because he's fast, and B, because of... He scores. (laughs) Does he, though? Um...
1: He did, formerly, formerly, the artist formerly known as the scoring forward.
0: (laughs) But he's like a power play specialist, right? Like, that was the the really big appeal. Um,
1: Yeah, and and they don't use him in the power play because what do they want to do? They want to load up power play one, which is perfectly fine, but then they're just going to have Brent Burns launch bombs. Yeah. Which is easily defensed as soon as you figure out that's what they're doing. Right. So they got rid of Steve Spott, which is fine, and they, they, who do they promote, Rob Zettler or... I think it's Zettler. Um but the power play still looks like trash. So what are we doing? Yeah, getting? what's happening?
0: Uh didn't he put Vlasic out on the power play?
1: Like That's that's just I'm just gonna pretend like that doesn't happen that? and block it in my brain because I have zero idea what the point of that is.
0: Yeah, let's put out our best shutdown defenseman on the power play.
1: No, yeah, uh, not only is he the best defenseman, he's gonna play a lot of minutes, so you may want to give him some rest. Right, like, yeah, like teams do. But at the same time, the guy's shooting bone has been broken his entire career. Yeah. He 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 can't shoot. He doesn't want to shoot, which is perfectly fine. Right. There's defensemen in the Hall of Fame that never scored. Like yeah. it's perfectly okay to have Vlasic sit on the bench for two right. minutes or a minute twenty five seconds. When, especially when you have guys, you can line up four forwards and burns. Totally cool. But then on the next one you could throw out Um, Tim Heed, you can throw out Dylan DeMello, you can throw out, hell, Justin Braun, who cares?
0: Right, that Um, was gonna be my actual next thing, was that DeMello, I think, should see time on the power play. Um.
1: Yeah, because he's, like, basically a Schlemko. Right. And Schlemko is great on the power play.
0: (laughs) Right, and, like, I think, um, that would also just be a good, like... Like, good for him, you know, because he spent last year as a seventh defender for the organization to be like, look, we're going to trust you with this, and I think that'll give him confidence, and I think that he will perform on the power play.
1: Yeah, I think the defense is clearly the strength of this team. Um, That's not really a surprise to anybody, but (laughs) they're not even, in my opinion, they're not even icing the best defensive lineup. No. Uh, So, no offense to Paul Martin, but he's getting old. He probably needs some... Days off, and especially with his injury, I thought Jokam Ryan and Tim Heed should just be on.
0: Yes, the team. I would like murder somebody if it meant that that would be an NHL defensive pair. I I want to see not what,
1: even them together, but Jokam Ryan with Brent Burns would have been oh
0: god so much uh, fun. Yes, absolutely. But I I don't know. I really I think that the fact that they had really good chemistry last year, that keeping them as a pair is lucrative. I, I like that concept.
1: Um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that too. If it means, if that's what they want to do, it's not the it's not the end of the world to have Vlasic Braun Burns Martin as your top four. Like I right. mean, there's teams in way worse situations, right?
0: And I I don't know. I know a lot of people are really down on Brendan Dillon. I don't. He's I, horrible. <laughs> see, <laughs> I I was really impressed with him last year. I think that he, um, especially with him being stuck with Roman Pollock um the year before and having to deal with that in the Stanley Cup final i think that he took that and went okay i need to be the better half of this defensive pairing and he he got better last year and i don't think if that's your your you know bottom pairing guy that that's horrible
1: but if you look at it he was horrible in the Stanley Cup finals right and in basically in that entire run up to the thing he was saddled with roman polak okay Last year, he gets better. Who's his defense partner? David Schlemko, a mobile, puck-moving guy who's going to cover up for him. Again, we started this year with two games in, his partners be somebody else, he looks trash. I think the problem is Brendan Dillon is just not that great. And they clearly lost the Jason Demers trade.
0: Well, yeah, and that's just
1: Brendan, I, I can almost bet you any amount of money that the Sharks' war room was praying that George McPhee... Ratcheted up his defensive 7-D chess plan even more and took Brendan Dillon. (laughs) But they didn't. They took the proper defenseman.
0: No, I think everyone knew that they were going to take Schlemko, but...
1: Yeah, Schlemko was who they were going to take, but they were praying that it was (laughs) Dillon or Bodker or even Ward. But Dillon just looks not good. In the first game, it's 10 minutes into the game, and he sends a backwards, like a turnaround blind pass at the blue line, and Philly gets a breakaway. So I don't know what his problem is. Does he need a David Schlumko clone every time he steps on the ice? If that's his case, then I'd rather just have Heed or Ryan or DeMillo or DeSimone or literally anybody else playing defense.
0: How about when uh, halfway through the Kings game, they rolled out that Burns-Dillon pairing?
1: <laughs> that is even makes more sense. Burns is going to go on a little adventure into the offensive zone. He's eventually going to get back, but do I want Brendan Dillon Here's standing thing. at half, picking his nose? No.
0: <laughs> when you put Brent Burns out on the ice, you know that you're really rolling with, like, one and maybe a half defenders. Like, realistically, who's doing the defense? It's the other half of that pairing. So, you <laughs> for Pete to, yeah. boy to go, oh, yeah, Brendan Dillon can handle those minutes.
1: Oh, I just Uh-oh. don't... It's... He just... I don't know if... I'd uh, See, it like... Is Pete DeBoer just stuck in what he thinks, and he just can't negotiate? Like, has the NHL passed Pete DeBoer by? Is the, uh, DeBoer by? That's the real question we need to ask here. Yeah. Because it seems like it has. He's throwing out grinders. He's throwing out slow teams. He's doesn't trust young kids. He wants veterans. But he doesn't want old veterans, because why didn't they sign Yarmar Yager? He wants a specific kind of veteran. So... If this ship doesn't turn around quickly, I don't know. It's either going to be a a sunk season or Pete DeBoer is toast. Or both.
0: Yeah, um, I can see that. Uh, But also, realistically, who is available that's better? Um, I hate to say this because it feels like sacrilege, but um, when Lindy Ruff was released from the stars, my brain was going, hey now there's an
1: option (laughs) that you know he's had success before but i would like to see instead of going with like a retread no offense to lindy Ruff. lindy Ruff is a great coach uh i mean he did yell no goal after uh, uh uh buffalo lost in the finals um which is great um so he's a great coach but i would like to see them go with new blood almost like phil hasley is an assistant for nashville He's never had a head coaching gig. Why not see what he can unlock? He's been a great coach. By all, by all accounts, he's the next guy up for a head coaching gig. Why not go that way? Look at some of the other coaches. Like Some teams like Arizona went, their GM is like 26 years old. Yeah. Why not go that route and see what you have? So yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't want to see them retread. But at the same time, I think they could have went younger and seen what they have just to see rather than keep Pete DeBoer running back. Vlasic on the power play.
0: At the same time, uh, I do feel like, and granted, we've had Doug Wilson for a while now, but I do feel like the organization felt like, okay, we've made kind of a leap of faith here with Doug Wilson, so as far as coaching jobs go, I don't know that they're going to be the ones to to do that, to go, go for the, yeah. the inexperienced and... God, I just... I'm yeah, gonna...
1: that's, a, that's a very good point. Doug Wilson's part of the old boys club, right? Yeah. Is he going to branch out and learn new tricks? We right. thought he did when they made it to the finals. Right. But did he really... And um, shout out to Laksha for his long and in-depth and excellent article. God, it was uh, beautiful. About, about, about Doug Wilson, yeah. I, as a person, Kyle, the human, <laughs> fundamentally disagree that Doug Wilson has been this great guy for the Sharks yes he brought them out of the depths he brought them into a new era of Sharks hockey if you want to call it but at the same time the big thing that comes up is zero cups one finals appearance and I I don't know how you get around that
0: I guess my view on it though and this comes from me living in Michigan and seeing Ken Holland doing what he's doing is that there are worse like ways to be a team that only cares about getting into playoffs. And I don't think that this team only cares about getting into playoffs. I think it's a team that um, maintaining getting into playoffs every year is important. And then I feel like maybe Doug Wilson has one other item on his plate at any given time. And so like, for the last couple years, it's been kind of like, okay, we're going to restock the draft and draft a little safer so that we have more prospects because we didn't have as many prospects. And now we've got a lot of them that are kind of middle six the at same. Best. the same <laughs> yeah. they're all
1: the, they're all the same person but, and i know you love josh norris but oh,
0: i do i he's really the do.
1: same as everybody else I, yeah
0: but if he turns out to be a logan Couture, are we really going to be upset about that i don't know
1: maybe maybe is <laughs> logan is is logan maybe i doubted but maybe I, there's a chance i don't know
0: but uh I think that and that's been his priority for the last couple of years, but I feel like he can really only focus on one thing at a time. So, he's either making trades to compete or he's he's building up our prospect pool a little bit, but never really both. Um, I mean, the trades last year, we got Yannick Hansen who while not a bad acquisition, I don't think. Uh, it was random,
1: I can tell you that.
0: It did it really make our team better you know like it it just like sure we got this guy that's pretty so good at, you the, know but it was it, one of those
1: doug wilson has a huge boner for the deadline yeah uh, <laughs> and, and to put it to, to help him put it in words uh he loves to trade and try to make the team better which i really enjoy i i, li- I like the fact that when he sees that the sharks are in the mix he tries to go for it at the same time, he doesn't seem to go for it any other time, save for the one time he did, and that was Joe Thornton. Yeah. And I agree. now we're coming up to a period again where San Jose needs another push into the mix again because Thornton's either going to be done this year, done next year. It, he's coming down the home stretch. Pavelski's not getting any younger. Burns isn't getting any younger. These guys aren't. This isn't a team like Toronto where they have four guys under the age of 23. Right. So they're going to have to do something, and he has $8 million in cap. Right. I'm wondering if he is trying and trying and trying to pry John Taveras out of the Islanders.
0: God. Because... That's, honestly, what I've been thinking is that that there has to be something big coming, and I don't... Because the two big ones right now, right, are they going to be the Duchesne and then... Um, John Tavares in the off season. Um and I I don't see the Sharks going for the Duchesne thing just because we have Logan Couture. we don't need another Logan Couture at this moment. Um and that's about what Lo- or what Matt Duchesne is, um, the role that he would fill. But God, like I just I think about Tavares and Teal and it's like how is Doug Wilson not doing everything he can to get that? How is that not his number one priority? So I don't know if maybe I've just, like, like, Stockholm-syndromed myself into, like, believing that this has to be a thing that's happening, <laughs> or <laughs> if, like, that's really actually something that is on Doug Wilson's radar. I'm not really sure. It,
1: it Well, if it's not, then it should be, and if it's not, he should be fired, because <laughs> John, yeah. Tavares, John Tavares hasn't re-signed in long island for or brooklyn i guess for a specific reason that arena sucks and the islanders suck yeah now they could be okay i don't see how they're that great like does thomas grice bless his former shark heart (laughs) does he stand up for a full season and do his thing no maybe does yaroslav halak come back from the dead and reinvigorate his corpse (laughs) baby um that team is decent up front. I think Matt Barzell was my pick to win rookie of the year. I think he's a difference maker. Anthony Bavillier is good, but that team is not Hossain. on the track to success. Hosang is awesome. He's Josh, I He's amazing, but they're saying.
0: they're also underutilizing him, I think. He wasn't in their their season opener. So No,
1: well, yeah, which is weird cuz Doug Waite seemed to be all in on the kids, but that could have just been a a lineup tweak for first game. I'm yeah. assuming he's going to play the whole season.
0: I hope so. The big
1: thing the big impetus here is that Garth Snow was running that franchise still and Garth Snow could turn around and trade John Taveras for three pylons and a parking pass because it's <laughs> Garth Snow.
0: Yeah. But
1: I think it would be hilarious if they traded for John Taveras in November after a slow start oh, by God. the Sharks and a slow start by the Islanders. It would literally parallel the um, Boston Sharks situation, yeah. which would be awesome, and they could just slot him in at his five and a half million dollars right now. Right, they could add some other things next year. They could uh, bump him up to what he wants to get paid, mm-hmm. no problem. And he could be, he could basically take over the Joe Thornton role and yeah. be that top line center because he plays second line for Team Canada, so he's right. not. He's no slouch, even though his Islander career may have not have gone the way that everybody thinks it should have. That guy's really, really good at hockey, and that guy would... Everybody talks about prying the window open. That guy would basically just smash through the window and make Sharks have a legit contention every year.
0: Yeah, that would... Acquiring Tavares would keep us from needing to rebuild for solid five years, like, easily.
1: like. Uh, easily. I think he's my age, so uh, maybe a little bit older, so he, he's he got an easily five years yeah. too keep the franchise afloat
0: yeah um do you think because this is kind of going back to your earlier point about doug wilson and his boner for the trade trade deadline um do you think that that is dangerous paired with um pete DeBoer and his boner for old dudes so Yeah, (laughs) yeah
1: for sure for sure, like if like if Pete DeBoer was yeah, the coach, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if the if the Pete DeBoer was the coach about eight years ago when they traded for Bill Guerin, Bill Guerin would have been first line left wing <laughs> every game till like re-signed for ten million dollars a year. Uh, I don't know if Pete DeBoer makes it. If, if the bottom falls off the shark season, I don't know if the if Pete DeBoer makes it to the trade deadline. I think Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson. Oh, I want to say that he's not the guy anymore, but at the same time, it's hard to quit a guy right. who's been there for 15 years and has had success—no real, tangible success—but he's always been in the playoffs. They've won the President's Trophy, right? So the
0: the thing about I, I, Doug Wilson is that while we haven't like we haven't won the cup, right? We yeah, still have, had, and we've had those you know historic moments. We've only had really like one major failure under his
1: tenure. So No no no. Well no, they run the President's Cup and went out uh to the Ducks in round one. I
0: I, I mean I don't know. I, I don't I still don't see that as like a, a major, you know? Like I, I feel like in the league like a major failure is when you miss playoffs a year that you absolutely should have made playoffs. Um you know Yeah, two years fa- ago long, or three years ago yeah. I guess yeah, as long as you're still getting into playoffs, you're doing something kind of okay in the realm of, you know, like, people don't see yeah, that you're as like
1: you're, you're doing the right things, but at the same time, you might need the next bump up. I'll use a cross-sports reference here, especially because it's the Bay Area. The Golden <laughs> State Warriors were good. They had Mark Jackson as coach. They needed to get rid of Mark Jackson and bring in Steve Kerr to take them to the next level. Yeah. Does... Somebody need... Because it's criminal that Joe Thornton hasn't won the Cup. It's just criminal. Yeah. That guy's that guy that guy's been to one finals. Mm-hmm. So, as good as Wilson's been at getting the team there, he's never put the right combinations on the ice to get them over the hump because they do have the 3 uh reverse sweep. They do have the first-round playoff exits. They have the finals exit, which isn't that a big deal. If you make it to the finals, good for you. You right. can't really say you're a loser by getting there. But right. I... He's the he's gotta be one of like the second longest tenured front office guy, probably behind Ken Holland. Hmm. I don't know Yeah. I don't know if it's time for a voice change. I don't think Hasso Platner will care enough to change him. Um so we might be stuck with him, but if he pulls off a Tavares trade or some other big trade, uh I think uh, I'm good with him keeping the reins. Um I think he can cycle through some coaches, yeah, uh, uh, to to see what works. But I think this season is a very make or break for the organization.
0: Absolutely, I I don't know. I guess I just I don't distrust Doug Wilson to bring guys into the organization yet. You know, I I've been pretty yeah, and I think I think I agree that. with that. And so the issue is then how those guys get utilized, and that comes down to Pete DeBoer and the coaching staff and. And all of yeah, our, I would. I, I would. I would tend
1: to agree with that. That Doug Wilson still has, as much as I have just railed on him for maybe it's time to change. I think. I think we still have to trust him at this point. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't blown out the body. He hasn't done a Peter Cirelli and traded away all our good players right. and basically just been a mess up the whole time. So, I think. I think we have to like live with Doug Wilson, which is fine. It could be way worse, mm-hmm. but. I think we were in agreement that maybe the coaching is the the thing that needs to be looked at, Yeah. especially if, like, so they're playing Buffalo coming up next, right?
0: Yes. If uh, that if that power
1: Thursday. play can't can't get some yeah Thursday yes, mm-hmm. so if that power play can't get something going against Buffalo, right? We they should be looking at doing anything to make it to make it go and like. You can't come out flat against Buffalo. You just can't. They're not that great yet. Yes, they have Jack Eichel. Yes, they have some good players, but at the same time, if San Jose wants to actually put themselves in the playoffs and be a pseudo-contender, then Buffalo gets a gets a W, right, or we cause... get a W against Buffalo.
0: Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have some bad luck against Buffalo, but right now they're on a three-game losing streak. They just lost today to the Devils, I believe.
1: Yeah, uh, so if they're losing to the Devils, you can't you can't lose to them. Right.
0: Four. Like we just can't let that happen. Like even our our bad luck against the <laughs> the Sabres be damned. Like this is a game that we cannot lose. If we lose this one then there's something fundamentally wrong there at that point, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it starts with the power play looking better. Yeah. Uh, at least at least Looking competent. I think um, Zach Devine on, on Twitter was mentioning how the AHL and the NHL team runs the exact same power play scheme. Uh, yeah. The personnel at the NHL level is clearly better because they're NHL players. But the AHL power play rips the puck around. Uh, they're getting shots on net. They're making defenses move. They're coming in off the rush and setting up and making sure the defense doesn't set up. Whereas the NHL power play just looks like nothing. It looks lazy and slow and predictable.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think some of that, too, is that, um, well, since the the Barracuda got moved to San Jose, they're kind of setting them up as, like, mini Sharks. And so it's all run the same, which is great when those players come up, because then they know the system, they're able to slot in a lot better. I don't think Ryan Carpenter would have been such a surprise last year had the Sharks not moved the Barracuda to San Jose. Agreed.
1: Agreed, for sure.
0: But at the same time, like... I think that's why the Barracuda were able to do so well last year. Um, and then they kind of hit a wall against the, the Griffins. Um, was because that's like those systems, when they're new, are, are really powerful. That's why the Sharks got so far that year that they went to the Stanley Cup final. That's why the mm-hmm. Barracuda did so well last year. And the reason it works better at the AHL level, too, is that I think those are players who are learning those those systems for the first time whereas you know you get guys on the sharks who were brought in from other teams and stuff and they're brought in for a specific reason Mikhail bodker is the big one in my head and then you try and fit them into this system where you have them doing things that are counterproductive to the whole reason that you brought them on and it's not it's not making the use of each player's actual abilities
1: yeah i agree with that i yeah, I'm. I'm over the Pete DeBoer experience. I think at this point. Uh, thanks, Pete, for the memories uh, of the finals. It was great.
0: I think that's I, what I, I want to call this episode: is the Pete DeBoer experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, go yeah. for it. I mean, he just it. It's, 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 it's just a weird time because the Sharks are aging. They're clearly not contenders, no matter what world we live in. But at the same time, they're vastly. Not living up to what they could be. Because they could be good. The they could that, get...
0: Yeah, they could be contenders. And that's they keep insisting. That's why Doug Wilson keeps saying that this window isn't closing. The window isn't closing. We've still got Joe Thornton. The window isn't closing. But, sure, you've got all these pieces. But if you can't make them work, then that window's going to close whether you think it is or not.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not going to close on its own because you're going to walk over there and close it yourself. Right. If, <laughs> if you keep doing this. So, uh, I... I it's it's not going to happen. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and Pete DeBoer is going to be gone. Uh it'll be it'll be a mid-season thing anyway. It would be actually interesting to go back and see if Wilson has ever fired anybody mid-season. Off the top of my head, no. I don't yeah. think he has. So we may have Petey for the whole time. But next summer is this is this is a watershed season like yeah. we, like we've talked about the whole time. It it's either going to be a success and we're going to see something that works and I don't think that's what's going to happen or the sharks are going to limp into the playoffs or miss the playoffs and the bottom's going to fall out and something's going to major going to have to happen, which would be John Tavares. Yeah. (laughs) Here's hoping. That would be lovely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) Here's hoping. So hopefully Buffalo on Thursday is a much more improved effort because it's been two games. I mean, you can't really judge it off two games, but at the same time we have an entire season of the power play looking like garbage and then they come out and do this this season. So I'm not super pumped right now, but at the same time, um, Columbus went on a 20-something game winning streak last year after starting horribly, so it's not out of the question that the Sharks are right back in it come mid-November.
0: Right, and I think, too, they're going to benefit. They've got a pretty easy schedule this year. It's actually easier than last year's, if I remember correctly. Um, I think Michael Blake McCurdy on Twitter, he does some... um, kind of graphs showing who who gets the hardest schedule, and I think the Sharks are significantly easier this year. I know they're starting out with a a homestand, so...
1: Yeah, they play... It's such a weird homestand, because they open with Philly, which is random, then they play at... uh, Or they play L.A., or they played at L.A., and then they play Buffalo, Montreal, and New York Islanders. Like, that's a bizarre opening (laughs) opening foyer into the league. I just... Right. It, it was odd, but it's it's nice to get some of those East Coast teams that may be struggling out of the gate, Montreal, Islanders, Buffalo, out of the way and maybe bank some early wins, but uh, yeah, it hasn't been that way so far.
0: I think, though, that setting it up that way does kind of... It sucks because you, you think it's the, the start of the season, so they're obviously going to play with urgency, but at the same time, they're playing a game that if it ties and they both walk away with one point, then like, or at least one point, then like, eh, you know, like, wouldn't be the worst thing. So, it's frustrating.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it, it, that's yeah. exactly, that's the best way to put it right now. The sharks are really frustrating right now. Yeah. Uh, especially being people that cover them on their daily day to day basis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, it's frustrating right now because, there's a lot lar- we we and I'm not saying I'm smarter than anybody in the organization but it seems like they can make moves to help themselves rather than just running back similar ideas right <laughs> year after year so I don't know we'll we'll see we'll see against Buffalo um next week when we do this we could be singing a completely different tune and be amazed at how good the offense has been in the last last week so
0: right um, so yeah, they've got a couple games coming up. Next one is Thursday against Buffalo. Um, they play the Islanders on Saturday when they're doing Hispanic Heritage Night, which is exciting. Um, really upsetting that we don't have Long Beach native Matt Nieto for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> little sight announcement for Fear the Fin, um, with Hispanic Heritage Night, uh... I, I do have a plan to run a piece. I'm not going to tell you what the piece is about, but it's exciting. And that piece is also going to go up in Spanish. So we are going to have our first Spanish language article. It's very exciting. Um, with us that's, being a Bay Area team, I think that that's really relevant and kind of cool. So I'm excited.
1: That is quite exciting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Los, Los tiburones. They yeah. live.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. Um, my former roommate is actually going to be doing the translations, and he teaches right now at Michigan State University. and um,
1: Teaches this- Spanish?
0: Yes and okay that's key yeah yeah yeah. he teaches spanish so that's relevant um and his students i guess they were just learning about sports the other day and he he talks about me a lot in his class as like a point counterpoint kind of thing and he said that i was a sharks fan and his like entire class got offended they were all Red Wings fans <laughs> so i'm not winning too many points with that
1: <laughs> uh, they're gonna they're gonna be offended for a long time that team is I brutal know, they,
0: they hate me uh, so yeah But yeah, that's exciting. We're going to have a a piece come up in Spanish. Um, Hopefully all the readers and everything enjoy it. I think um, with us being a Bay Area team, that is something that I really want to push for. So that's awesome. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I really have too much else. What do you, you got anything going on?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't speak Spanish, so I will, I will click it and then hit translate just so that I can, uh, <laughs> I, I can understand what's going on. Fair. Uh, if it was, if it was in French, I would do a lot better, but. Of course. Uh, uh, <laughs> Le doesn't have the same ring as, as Los Tiburones. Fair. Um. I don't. Uh, I probably will get back into writing more uh, this week now that the season's underway and the swing of things has gone and Canadian Thanksgiving has uh, uh, tried to kill me once again with turkey. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, I don't have anything up. I I look forward to this uh, podcast going up throughout the year and having lots of interesting discussions about the Sharks and what we think, especially with this season being not your typical... Sharks are rolling towards the playoffs, let's just wait till then kind of deal. We could be discussing anything from mass exodus of trades to John Tavares coming in, hopefully, to <laughs> the Sharks being the most average middle team of all time. Right. And we resort to talking about Connor McDavid the whole time. Oh, so <laughs> uh, there's there's lots of different ways that this could go, but I, I think um, it'll be exciting to uh, uh, switch it up from the excellent job Marcus and Jake did last year to... Uh, a little bit of a different uh feel this year and hopefully everybody likes it
0: yeah um the just for like transparency or whatever the kind of goal i guess is weekly right now we're kind of still figuring things out so we'll see schedule wise and how everything goes um but we are planning on weekly so you'll get to listen to us talk all the time. Yeah, and
1: hopefully <laughs> hopefully, my Canadian accent isn't super annoying to Californians, but...
0: Oh, God. Uh, that's the way it is. I don't have an accent, so...
1: <laughs> I do. I don't know how many times I said A
0: in this podcast,
1: but I'm sure we can keep track.
0: We'll get an A counter going, so... Uh, yeah, that'll be perfect. Bonus points to whoever is listening and counts the A's. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we're trying for weekly. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be kind of up and down. We'll see how this season goes and what we get to talk about here. So, yeah. So I guess we're we gonna sign off. Are we gonna we gonna call? Should it? I
1: do it in French?
0: Uh, <laughs> go for it.
1: Au revoir, les <laughs> All
0: right. Next time.
1: All right. Peace out.